630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Here's what's going on in the NHL. About uh, three and a half minutes into the third period, it is Calgary leading the Devils 4-1. All the scoring by the Flames done in the first period, including two goals from Andrew Mangiapane, who's up to seven on the season. Elias Lindholm also scored his seventh, and Milan Lucic got his first of the year. Pavel Zaka with his third for the Devils. Early in the third period, Lightning leading the Penguins 3-0. Early in the second period, Vegas up 2-0 on Colorado. Late in the first, it's Nashville 1, San Jose nothing. Matt Duchesne has the goal. And coming up later tonight, it's going to be the Jets and the Ducks. Montreal is in Seattle for the first time in over a century. And Minnesota will take on Vancouver. Oilers tomorrow, 6 o'clock face-off show game at 8 as they take on the Philadelphia Flyers. Bottom of the second inning in Houston. Game 1 of the World Series, Atlanta leading the Astros 3 Nothing. We had new Edmonton Elks quarterback Nick Arbuckle on the show in the last half hour as the Elks get set to take on Hamilton on Friday. Countdown to kickoff on 630. Chet is at 6. The game will start at 745 with uh, Morley Scott, Dave Campbell, and Blake Dermott. And one of the gentlemen they will be discussing joins me now on the line. I'm pleased to welcome back to the show defensive back for the Edmonton Elks. It is Aaron Grimes. Hey, Aaron, how are you? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing very well. I always appreciate when you make time to come on Inside Sports. We had a great chat uh, a few months ago. You took us through a day in training camp, which I think is one of the, the favorite spots we've ever had on this show. So thanks for sharing that. Uh, I, I know you're very uh, candid and honest as an athlete. So I'm going to start there, and I'm just going to ask you one question about this and move on because I'm not trying to, to kick you about anything. But um, we haven't spoken since you were involved in a pretty key play in a game against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers that unfortunately didn't go your way. So I'll just get one comment on it. You had the interception. You weren't able to hang on to it. Can you tell us how that play played out for you? Oh, man. Uh, first and foremost, you know, I don't mind you asking the question. You know, I'm not the kind of person who hides uh, from their mistakes. You know, I, I know what happened. I know how big it was. And, uh, you know, I know what it did to not only myself but to my team in that situation. Um, you know, yeah, like you said, you know, just – you know, one of those interceptions you kind of you kind of dream of as a defensive back, right? They don't get too much easier than that. And um, I had it, man, and uh, then I didn't have it. And, uh, you know, I said this before I'll say it again, man. Uh, I don't really care for the stat, so to speak, as much. Um, as much as I do, I mean, I felt like that kind of kind of took some life out of the team on the sideline, right? We're sitting there 16 to 16 against the best team in the CFL, obviously. And uh, had an opportunity to, uh, you know, give us a great a great shot at winning that game, and um, and I missed my opportunity, you know. So that one obviously hurt. Um, you know, I feel bad for the team. Feel like I kind of let them down. Um, but it's a play that I trust myself to make. You know, nine out of ten times, if not ten out of ten times, um, just didn't go my way that time. Uh, you know, but fortunate for me, I have another opportunity and hopefully many more opportunities to make that play when it does come my way. So I know one thing, um, it'll never be for a lack of preparation. Uh, you know, I get out there and every day in practice and my coaches and teammates can tell you, you know, I, I take practice serious, you know, like I do the game. So, you know, hopefully I get another opportunity to, uh, to carry the team on my back. Um, and I'll make sure that I'm ready for that opportunity when it comes. Yeah, well said. Well, you know what, Aaron? Look, a tough season for the team. We all know the record, of course, and, and we all know the situation you guys are in. But 
I look at those two home games against Winnipeg and I think, okay, in one of the games you're winning in the third quarter and in the other game you're you're tied until about midway through the fourth quarter. So, like, do you look at those and say, that's the best team in the league and look how close we were? Or do games like that um, kind of add to the frustration since there have been some other tough results this year? How have you sort of rolled with those? You know, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, obviously frustrated because, like you said, you're right there and, and you can finally make a statement and finally get that first home win. You know, the pressure of that off your back. And it's frustrating to, to come away with the loss in a situation like that. But at the same time, you know, as you said, you kind of sit back and you reflect and you realize, you know, you're really not that far from where you want to be. You know, a couple of plays here and there over many games, you know, throughout the season uh, put us in the win column more often than we are now. Um, but, but you can't take those things back. And, uh, you know, you get to a point where you realize that the good teams, you know, the Winnipegs of the CFL, they get in those clutch moments in those games and they find a way to win. And that's why they are where they are. And we have to, we got to find that way to win right now. You know, uh, you know, uh, go back to it again. Uh, catching the interception is, is finding a way to win, you know, and build that belief in the team. And uh, so we got to make sure that we, we start finding ways to win, you know, because this isn't a game of horseshoes and being close doesn't get it done. You know, you got to walk away with the victory at the end of the day. What do you do? And, and look, it, You've been on the show. You try to stay upbeat. You take responsibility. You're one of the veterans on the team. It's your second tour here in Edmonton. You you played on that incredible 2015 team, so you got respect around the league and with your teammates. What do you do as one of the leaders to try to keep, you know, the attitude positive, to keep guys upbeating, to keep that sense of sense of belief there? Because I think that's important in a locker room. What What can you do to help with that? You know, I think first and foremost, I can lead by example, right? Because um, I speak sometimes when I'm asked to or when it's necessary, and I talk a lot on the field. But um, I, I try not to talk too much and, and give too long of speeches because I feel like leading by example is the best thing you can do. Um, so go out there every single day, man, no matter the situation, the circumstances. Uh, you know, I get to play a game that I love for a living, and – uh, we may be two and seven or seven and two, and, and I'm going to bring that same energy and passion to every practice and every game, no matter the situation. And I hope that my teammates see that and, and they can get on board with that, you know. But then also pulling guys aside, you know, and and speaking sometimes, you know, when those speeches need to be need to be said, and um, you know, just being honest, you know, and and making sure that my teammates know I would never ask of them something that I don't do or something that I won't do for them. But also letting them know that I got their back, man. You know, I know we're an easy target right now for, for some of the medias to, you know, to talk down on us and kind of get on us. Um, but if they're not in this locker room, then we're not too worried about what they have to say. You know, letting them know that I got their back and I truly care about them. And, and we're in this together because I feel like you fight harder for, for, for guys that you like. You know, you, you play harder. You know, you have a little bit more excitement when you're playing with, you know, a team that you enjoy being on. So just trying to. You know, trying to trying to keep that morale up there and, and keep, like you said, keep a smile on my face, man, because at the end of the day, I get to play football for a living, you know, and, and I can't ask for much more than that. Aaron Grimes, defensive back from your Edmonton Elks, joining us tonight on Inside Sports. They're getting ready to take on Hamilton on Friday. Uh, a significant day, Aaron, and I know you, you love Edmonton, you love being an Edmontonian, you love helping out whenever you can, and, and it is the tackle hunger game if people want to help out the food bank. 
Yes, it is. Uh, Friday, October 29th, uh, we're having the Purulator Tackle Hunger Game, uh, the food drive at Commonwealth Stadium. So, you know, if you could please bring uh, a non-perishable food item to the game, that would be greatly appreciated. Um, you know, this organization has been involved with Purulator Tackle Hunger for over 15 years now. Um, and, and we're always, you know, usually among the top, the league leaders in food gathered. Um, you know, I know that uh, the food banks here, um, over 21,000 people in Edmonton and 10,000 of those being children, they rely on the food bank every month. So, you know, let's keep this streak going and, and let's uh, lend a helping hand wherever we can. Man, you were prepared for that. Uh, like you're a pro on and off the field. You, you, you knew all, you had it all ready to go uh, with that. And that's important to you, isn't it? I mean, feeling, feeling connected and, uh, you know, not just calling a city home as a football team, like truly calling it home and helping out. Absolutely. You know, this city has, has given a lot to me and my family. It's a place that we love to be. Um, and I, you know, I know what it's like, you know, I, I've been there before, um, you know, so I understand what it's like. And just because I'm in the position I am now doesn't mean I have forgotten those times or those people, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, I, I take the time to speak with fans and speak with, you know, kids, because I remember being that kid, you know what I mean? And so, you know, definitely have a soft spot in my heart for Edmonton. It's always a place I'll call home. And, you know, if I can help in any way, you know, whether it be prepared for, you know, to talk about this taco hunger, uh, you know, the food drive uh, night at Commonwealth, then that's what it is. You know, I'm trying to play my part wherever I can. Who were some athletes you looked up to when you were a little guy? Oh, man, I'm a Seattle guy. So off the bat, you go Ken Griffey Jr. for sure. Um, that's baseball. I used to think I was going to be a baseball player when I was young. You know, that, that didn't quite go my way. But growing up watching the Seahawks, too, uh, you know, you obviously go. I know Deion Sanders was not a Seahawks. So I'll throw that out there. But prime time, you know, and then, and then you got some of the great Seahawks, you know, from back in the day. And uh, But if I had to choose one, I'm going Ken Griffey Jr. off the top of the head. Um, no brainer, no question for me on that one. Yeah, pretty good role model to have for sure. We're, I, I know you're incredibly busy getting ready for the game. Were you able to watch any of the Seahawks game last night? I was, I was, and you know it started out going our way. I enjoyed it. I love watching that rivalry between uh, Marshawn Lattimore and, and uh, DK Metcalf. That's kind of that's the kind of football I like. Didn't go our way at the end, but uh, it, it was a great game to watch. Well, I'm a Seahawks fan. A uh, little frustrating with Russell Wilson because they're not uh, – the, the passing game's not – I, I don't want to pick on Geno Smith. I mean, I know he's the backup coming in there. But the, the passing game is not what it used to be when Russell was healthy. No, it's not. You can tell that offense doesn't quite move the same without Russell Wilson back there. But I, that's kind of what happens when you've got a – I think Russell Wilson has been the starter for 10 straight years now. And so, you know, it's obviously they're, they're missing a huge part without him back there. But I was actually impressed with, and it's going to sound biased, the defense. I thought the defense came to play last night. And obviously I enjoy watching great defenses play. Well, no, you don't sound biased at all. You sound like a defensive player. So I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't expect anything less for sure. Give me, a, before I let you go, Aaron, and thanks so much for coming on tonight, give me a quick thought on um, on the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, I, I mean, it seems like every team in the CFL this season, I guess except for Winnipeg, has had uh, ups and downs. Winnipeg's just kind of been up. Uh, but Hamilton's in the same boat. I mean, they've looked like uh, world beaters some weeks, and then they've had 
some tough routing. So they're sitting there with five and five. Give me a, give me a sense of what we're going to be seeing from the Tiger Cats. I think you're going to see a team who is fighting for a solid playoff position in the East. You know, that those teams that have nothing to lose, much like ourselves, we could be scary teams when it comes down the stretch. Um, so Hamilton's coming in. They're going to be trying to fire on all cylinders. You know, they've got their quarterbacks are back healthy. Um, you know, they've got Masoli back there right now. He's got a, a heck of an arm. He knows how to extend plays. And they've got some, some receivers who are great in open space. You know, so we've got to try to close that space on them and uh, not give him too much life. You know, I know Masoli is the kind of guy you let him get on fire, and he ends up throwing, you know, 16, 17 straight completions. So we're going to try to disrupt that, of course. Um, but we got we got a team who, who, like I said, they're fighting for a legit, you know, home playoff spot in the East. You know, so they're coming out here, and they're expecting to win. I'm sure they're looking at us and, and looking at what we've been doing this year, and, and they're thinking they're going to get an easy one on us. But we're also bringing our A game. You know, we've got a lot to lose as well. So um, I expect a good game this Friday, and um, I absolutely expect to go in there and leave with a W. Well, Aaron, we appreciate you hopping on the show. I I hope you get that W as well, and you guys can get something rolling here in the last month of the season. And thanks for reminding everybody about Tackle Hunger Night, Pure Later Tackle Hunger Night, so they can bring something for the food bank to the game. That is uh, always very welcome. Thanks so much for checking in. Let's do this again soon. I appreciate you having me on here. I truly do, and thank you very much. Right on. That is the always well-spoken, always energetic Aaron Grimes defensive back for the Edmonton Elks. And, yeah, he talked about it, not hiding from the uh, drop pick against Winnipeg about a week and a half ago, told you what happened on that play. And, uh, uh, you know, he's not giving up, and he said it. He knows there's been a lot of negative comments about the Elks this season. I have made some of them, so I'm not going to pretend that I, I haven't because it's been a tough year, but... You heard Aaron's attitude. He's lucky to play, play football, and if he, they've got some games left to win, he's going to try to win them for sure. Aaron joining us on the hotline, presented by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials pro all the way. Also want to remind you, you may have heard this spot a little bit earlier, but I just want to make sure you got it. James Taylor, James Taylor coming to Rogers Place May 9th with special guest Jackson Brown. Tickets on sale now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline through Live Nation or Ticketmaster. Quick timeout, Inside Sports on Chet. Some action in the Calgary-New Jersey game while we're at break there. First of all, everybody's favorite member of the Calgary Flames in oil country, Matthew Kachuk scoring a power play goal, his second of the season. That made it 2-0 for the Flames. Less than a minute later, Dawson Mercer scored for New Jersey. Now, obviously, I have the uh, the sound down here since I'm 
on the radio while the, the game kellen did you see this or do you have the baseball game on i've got the baseball game on here okay what's going on there first of all uh five nothing uh braves top of the third so the braves come out like a house on fire tonight man there's all right so it looked like what uh, vladar is in goal for the flames and he had a strap loose on the back of his mask and it looked like he was kind of hoping there would be a whistle, but he didn't actually shake his mask off or anything like that. And then Mercer got in and scored the goal. And Vladar was kind of like, what are you doing? Like my, my, uh, my helmet's coming off here and you're, you're let play continue. But he did right. have, I mean, obviously if the goalie's helmet comes off, they, they're going to blow the play dead and it was still on. So he was kind of arguing that it was loose and perhaps, I don't know if he's actually claiming his vision was impeded if the mask was shaken around a little bit, but the goal did count. It probably will not have a massive impact on the outcome of the game because Calgary is in control up uh, 5-2 with six and a half minutes to go in the third period. Yeah, appreciate you tuning in tonight. Good interview there with uh, Aaron Grimes from the Edmonton Elks. It is Pure Later Tackle Hunger Night at the stadium on Friday, so bring something for the food bank. I, I was looking at the... Uh, website the 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 team totals since they started doing this in 2003 uh, you got Hamilton way out in front 240,000 pounds of food Winnipeg 181,000 and then Edmonton a strong third 85,000 pounds of poots, uh, food so Edmonton's Edmontonians do step up for this Remember those uh, third jerseys Todd McFarland designed for the Oilers? They were unveiled 20 years ago today. We're going to dive into that when we get back. Calgary leading New Jersey 5-2 with three and a half minutes left in the third period. Devils going to a power play here, but they're going to need a miracle. A minute left in the third period. Lightning up 5-1 on the Pittsburgh Penguins, so they're going to win that one. Alex Kalorn just scored. It is 2-0 for the Golden Knights over the Avalanche. That's with four and a half left in the second period. Early in period two, Predators leading the Sharks 1-0. Three games still coming up. They all feature a Canadian team. Montreal at Seattle. The Kraken are 1-4-1. and one. The Canadians are 1-5. and five. The Jets and Ducks are going to play each other for already the third time this season. That game is in Anaheim as New Jersey does score on the power play. So now 5-3 Calgary with uh, about, uh, well, 2.59 left in the third period. And Minnesota with a 4-1 and one record taking on the Vancouver Canucks who are 3-2-1. and one. Baseball, Braves 5, Astros nothing. It's the bottom of the third. That game started almost an hour and a half ago. It is the bottom of the third. Baseball games take a long time. Really long time. Five nothing for the Braves. Tomorrow, Oilers, home to the Flyers. Six o'clock face-off show here on 630 Chad. The game is going to start at eight. Oilers are 5-0. and We were talking about Evan Bouchard earlier in the program. He is off to a great start. You can get more on him on 630shed.com or globalnews.ca. Taking on more responsibility on the Oilers' uh, back end. I, I was, I'm a little, uh, 
a little feel a little off here but we have not heard a commercial for the chucky child's play show tonight have we kill him well i don't believe I, so not not during inside sports no i i feel like i need that on every show now inside <laughs> sports your destination for possessed doll advertising. Well, it is, it is Halloween on Sunday, Reed, so maybe he's doing some warm-up drills or something, you know, practice before the we big can, game. We can only hope. We can only hope. Maybe, maybe that's a good show. Has it started yet? I don't even know. I'm so out of the loop with everything. Mm. Uh, when is the Child's Play television show debut? That's, that's really what I want to get to the bottom of tonight. I also saw this. It looks like it could be scary. There's a movie for. There's a movie coming out for Clifford the Big Red Dog. Was I saw the trailer thing? for that. Yeah. Was he a thing when you were a kid? I feel like that was uh, my generation didn't have that. Oh, Chucky's been out for a couple of weeks already. I better oh, watch okay. This. I don't know if there I get the go. channel. Nice. Anyway, sorry. Was, was Clifford the Big Red Dog a thing for you when you were a kid? Uh kind of, sorta. I, I was kind of on the on the outside edge of that when that <laughs> came out so it, yeah so uh, as a mid as a mid 80s born uh it was kind of a little bit on the uh, i was already graduated on to bigger and better things but it would definitely be like if, if you were a child born in like 1990 through 95 that was like well Is into your wheelhouse yeah yeah absolutely because yeah. when i was a kid it was uh it was sesame street it was mr dress up it was a little bit of a bear called Jeremy. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, what else did I have? What was that? Uh, G-Force? It was Battle of the Planets, and the group was G-Force. Okay. We had the Hercules animated series and the right. Spider-Man animated, which I think was actually from the 60s, but they were still playing it in the late 70s. Yeah, yeah, we had those too. Those when were definitely reruns. <laughs> those are on all the time. Yeah. So th- that was kind of my... Uh, my childhood and we had no the Clifford the big red dog we had the really awesome animated Batman series that was um, designed that's in the not like 90s. a kids kids like I'm talking stuff like for little kids for little kids okay like Clifford the big red dog it's would that almost be aimed at preschoolers or maybe still in grade one or two I, I feel like probably the Batman animated series that's almost more for teens isn't it or maybe more like grade four and up yeah, probably grade four and up for Batman, especially there that be one. Some intense content in that? Uh, not really. There was some suggestive themes for sure, but I don't think there was okay. like really. Okay, so <laughs> there were some suggest like Sesame Street didn't have any suggestive themes, unless you're turned on by a guy living in a garbage can. Which, hey, to each your own, if that's where you want to go. But so you're saying, you know, a little bit more of teen-oriented comment. Yeah. The, the Batman pre, pre-teen right. to teen, yeah. Like, I don't think there's any suggestive content in Clifford the Big Red Dog. I, I would really doubt No. That. No, but the internet's a <laughs> no. big, dark, scary Child's place. Play, could be. <laughs> the Chucky TV series, I, I think that's probably all suggestive content or, mm. or similar or, or gore, quite frankly. I'm going to have to watch this and report back. Absolutely. Uh, I just finished watching Veep. Which was outstanding. Mm. Um, yeah, it ended in 2019. Julia Louis Dreyfus was the star. One of the actors from Veep is in Clifford the Big Red Dog, by the way. The, Veep's an outstanding show. I would actually recommend that, but I, I will say this as a, a bit of a warning to people uh, like a lot of foul language, a lot of foul language. A lot of the show 
is people insulting each other and trying to one-up each other in the context of the political environment. Okay. It's, it's, it's extremely funny. The, the humor is, can be extremely biting, one character to the other. And some interesting... Um, I don't want to give away too much for people who want to watch it, but definitely some, some real-world parallels. In fact, some things that Veep did and was sort of lampooning before they happened in the real life world of politics, Ooh. which is pretty interesting. So anyway, I'll just, uh, v, I'll, I'll put Veep as a highly recommend tonight from the uh, world of television. All right. Uh, this is not Clifford, the big red dog. This is Reed Wilkins coming to you tonight. Thanks a lot for tuning in inside sports on six thirty. Chad uh, flames are going to win this one here. Final 30 seconds. They're up five, three on the New Jersey devils. I, I got a, I, I was just sort of looking at some stuff on social media today and I saw a lot of people posting that this is the 20th anniversary of the Oilers' third jerseys being revealed. And I'm talking about the flying oil drop ones. That's what I've always called them anyway. They might have other names. But the ones designed by comic book artist and creator Todd McFarland. Uh, Todd McFarlane, who burst into prominence in the late 80s, drawing The Amazing Spider-Man. He then created Spawn. He's the guy that uh, Jack Cooks and I were talking about last night that bought some of the home-run baseballs for millions of dollars. So interestingly enough, last May, when there were no sports going on and we were just talking to people on the show to tell stories, we had Todd McFarlane on the show. So on the 20th anniversary of his jerseys coming out, uh, here's what he had to say about designing those uniforms. I'll tell you how that came about. We were, I was up in Edmonton. It, it may have been, I don't remember, but it may have been during the Wayne Gretzky retirement ceremonies. And I was up in the office and I saw the book where they were talking about doing a third jersey. Now, they were hesitant. They, were, they didn't want to grab, jump on the bandwagon. Not all the teams were doing it at that point. And, and uh, you know, Kevin Lowe, who was, who was in management, was like, eh, you know, he thought it was a, a, too much of a gimmick. Uh, but I saw they had spent some money on some designs, right? And I saw the designs. And I don't know if you remember the Kings did this one. They used to call it the Burger King uh, jersey. And it was like a big giant king on it. And then they did these fades. I remember they were doing these fades and all this other silly stuff on it. Uh, the, the, the Phoenix one had like a gecko and cactuses on it. It was ridiculous. Uh, and, the, and the Tampa Bay had the, you know, look like, raining it was raining on your jersey it was just silly but the fade i just I, I looked at it and i went i don't guys i don't get why nobody's doing a hockey jersey we're playing hockey this is hockey like why do we keep doing what to me look like sort of tour de france shirts right i get it i get that sort of the hip design for other sports not for hockey so i i convinced them i go look at let me just give you some designs i'll do it for free because they spent, they go, well, we don't have a budget. We spend a lot of money on this Madison Avenue design from New York. And I went, duh, obviously they don't like hockey. Uh, let me, let me give you some designs. And oh, by the way, just so you guys know in advance, it's going to be old school. I'm going old school. It's going to be, which is why I even went to the tie downs on the neck. Cause nobody was doing that at that time. Right. Where well, I just thought it was super cool. Like that, that to me was all those hockey cards I had as a kid, big stripes, you know, at the bottom, Big stripes on the arms, straight, let's, let me also argue, straight stripes. Because at that point, even like the Flames, you know, they were doing these diagonal stripes. Like, like what is that? Right. So, and I decided that I wanted to 
use colors that were super popular and recognizable. So when you saw the jersey with your own eyes, to me, I called it like the Dallas Cowboy colors, right? But it, when you saw it on TV, I knew that the that the navy would blow out to black. But then it, that's okay because then it'd be like black and white and silver. But and then that's the Raiders and the Yankees, and those are super popular colors. Um, and so I, I sort of started that premise, and then I just came up with the design and started going through the literally going through the the record books and finding finding numbers that were relevant to the history and then trying to come up with a design that was big and strong and bold and and, and to me having angles and points that's always that's always bold let me let me tell you from my perspective what a strong logo is a strong logo is a logo that anybody will wear regardless of the sport right so when you look at that that wheel and that wing for the detroit red wings it doesn't say hockey there's no hockey puck there's no hockey stick there's none of that a lot of the minor league teams in the ahl and the ihl everything always had a hockey stick on it like instead of being the polar bears you, like in making a cool polar bear they always have to have them biting or holding a stick like stop it stop it you're limiting who you're limiting like the boston bruins is a bee with the spokes on it right it's just it's just a classic cool look so i i wanted to just do something that was a design that anybody you put that design on a white or black shirt or navy shirt Anybody anywhere would wear it because, again, at that time, because I lived here in Phoenix, they had a third jersey, and if you remember, it was the coyote, and they put it in a dark green, and down at the bottom it was tan, like the desert, and they put cactus, and they put they put like uh, uh, geckos, which are which are little lizards on it, and and all I can remember was sitting there going, "So you're telling me? I just want to I just want to be clear. Whoever designed this, and I don't know who it was, but you think some dude." from brooklyn wakes up someday and he turns to his wife he's a butcher or whatever he is and he goes honey it's my birthday coming up and you know what i need i need me one of them jerseys one of them hockey jerseys i don't even play hockey but i need me one of them hockey jerseys and it's got like you know one of them little geckos got a gecko on it and it's got them like one of them cactus on it because i'm going to walk down the street of staten island and the boroughs so that I look like a star. What are you talking about? That guy will basically be ostracized for the rest of his natural life, right? But you put something that's got blades on it and it's got black color on it and it looks badass. It's got a big gear on it. That guy in Brooklyn could wear that. So that was sort of the big, the big thought. And then, and then I, I, I drew that and, and then I had the shoulder patch and I just said, hey, those are my only two designs. One goes on the shoulder and one goes on the chest. You pick. My, my preference would be the one with the blades go on the chest, but you know what? You guys make, make it. So did I create eight or 10 of them? Yeah, but I learned long ago, never show your eighth best drawing to somebody in a suit because they will always pick it. So, <laughs> all, so you do eight drawings yourself, you pick your favorite two, and then you show those because at worst, they're going to pick your second favorite. Um, and anyways, they, they, ended up, they ended up going, huh. Not bad, and they had to take it up. And Kevin, Kevin Law, I remember uh, 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 sort of coming saying, "You know what? I was against it, but I saw that you used the 
the history of the the team and the stats and and you you try to pay tribute to things so we're gonna we're gonna let this thing go and I even remember the day that they announced it and they brought it out because I was in Edmonton that day. Uh, we had a couple of the uh, players were sitting in the back room and I forget where we uh, unveiled it, but you know we did this big production, like a Vegas production with dry ice and whatever, and the kids were going to have to get, the players were going to have to get dressed and come out in it. And th- up till literally five minutes until that happened, nobody knew what the design was, not even like the players for sure, right? And so the only thing they knew was, hey, this the guy designing it draws Spawn, and he does these sort of violent comic books, and he lives in Phoenix where they have, like, geckos and cactus on their jerseys and hockey, and they thought this thing was going to be an abortion, right? And uh, I'll never forget the comment that the, the couple of them were sitting in the locker room, and they finally got to open the box, and they pulled it out, and it just goes to show you how young hockey players were, Right? and still are that they open it and they went oh my god that's cool i'm not gonna look stupid to my mom right (laughs) so not my wife not my girlfriend she was like i'm not gonna look like an idiot to mama so uh that just shows that these there's a lot of 18 19 year old kids playing hockey uh anyway and they put it on we came out we we showed it off and and then like three hours later they opened up all the sports outlets that in the stores, you could buy it. And by 7 o'clock that night, I went to a game and half the arena had that jersey. Yeah. And I went, oh, my gosh, this thing might work. So, Man, the man can tell a story, Kenny. That's Todd McFarlane, the designer of the Oilers flying oil drop jersey, the third jersey. I hear from a lot of people they'd love to see that one make an appearance again someday. Maybe it will. Uh, 20 years ago today, it was unveiled, and that was McFarlane, a conversation we had with him last year about the design and the unveil. Fun stuff. 7.49, quick timeout. One final look at the scoreboard before we go. Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet. Man, I remember Inside Sports from one year ago today because, unfortunately, it was the day Joey Moss passed away. Found out probably 15, 20 minutes before the show started. Such sad news. Uh, I mean, man, what do you say about Joey that hasn't already been said? An absolute legend known from coast to coast and always a, a valuable and beloved sports figure. Well, figure here in Edmonton, not just sports. His impact was not just sports. I, I'll tell you this. Uh, when Joey passed away, uh, everybody that that I reached out to, that Dave Campbell reached out out to, probably everybody at six thirty, Chad reached out to to talk about Joey. Said yes to to coming on the airwaves and talking. We we talked a lot about Joey that night, and then we did another full show with uh, people talking about Joey the next day. Everybody from uh, George Larac, uh, Jason Moss. Uh, you know, Ricky Ray, Mike Riley, just th- there was uh, Dwayne Mandrusiak. Uh, you know, everybody was obviously very sad to have lost Joey, but, uh, you know, they wanted to share their memories of Joey and uh, honor Joey. And, and he continues to be honored. I, I think that he's always going to be a big piece of the, the fabric of the city, the fabric of our sports community, the the fabric of the double E and the Oilers. Of course, the Oilers put out, put that uh, great statue of him up in the dressing room. Fans can, 
or the, the players can high five Joey as they're going out onto the ice for uh, every game. Joey Moss still missed here in oil country. Okay, updating what's uh, happened in the NHL here tonight. The Flames have won at 5-3 over the Devils. The Lightning have won at 5-1 over the Penguins. The Golden Knights lead the Avalanche 2-1 after 2. Late in the second period, Predators up 2-0 on the Sharks. Baseball, top of the fourth. It's 5-0 Atlanta leading Houston. Hockey in this time slot tomorrow. I'll join you at 6 for the City Ford Faceoff Show. The puck drops at 8. Oilers home to the Philadelphia Flyers. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports. You heard from Jerry Haraxi, Nick Harbuckle, Aaron Grimes. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, your studio operator this evening. My name's Reed. Take care. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.